I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we tackle the complicated legacy of the Oscar-winning film Schindler's List and how we must respond to genocides the world over. 1943, Krakow, Poland. Nazi troops enter the Krakow ghetto. They arrive in systematic columns, armed with guns. They have clear orders: execute the population of the Krakow ghetto. One of the most iconic depictions of this event comes from the multiple Oscar-winning film Schindler's List. The film follows Oscar Schindler, a German industrialist who saved more than a thousand primarily Polish-Jewish refugees from the Holocaust by employing them in his factories during World War II. The entire film is shot in black and white in a documentary style. The director Steven Spielberg made a conscious choice. He said, "The Holocaust was life without light. For me, the symbol of life is color. That's why a film about the Holocaust has to be in black and white." But there is exactly one scene in the film which chooses to use color. One that is now recognized as one of the most influential in Holocaust cinema. from an elevated distance riding with his wife on horseback and wearing his nazi party pin oscar schindler notices the mayhem on the streets the nazi officers are violently shoving and shooting people he notices a little girl in a red dress walking the streets dazed and confused her gait is uninterrupted by the sounds of gunfire and she eventually joins a column of polish jewish camp inmates the scene ends with her slipping away from the column entering a house and hiding under a bed covering her ears from the reality she is forced to embrace i remember watching the film and the scene caught me off guard fittingly it reminds us of the individuality of each person who lost their lives of their innocence and of them dying owing to what they believed in in a later scene schindler spots the dead body of the girl in red being carried away in a cart along with heaps of other bodies which brings to the fore the mindlessness and the scale of the violence the film goes on to tell the story of how oscar schindler saves the lives of polish jews by employing them in his factory and helps them escape the auschwitz death camps the film depicts him as a hero who changes sides over time and in the end helps save lives in times when there was no hope to be had except that the reality of oscar schindler is a lot more complicated Earlier in October this year I was on a walking tour of the Krakow ghetto the very same one which is depicted in Schindler's list We stopped at a couple of places where the scenes were filmed and our guide gave us a rather strange piece of advice She said A couple of kilometers away is the Oscar Schindler Enamel Factory Museum You can visit it if you want but you should know that there is a certain amount of fiction about Oscar Schindler For example there really was no schindler's list i was taken aback by the last line 
What did she mean that there was no Schindler's list? Did he not help over a thousand people who were part of a list, escape to another factory, avoiding the fate of being in a concentration camp? What is not often talked about is how Oskar Schindler got to the position he was in. Although a citizen of Czechoslovakia, Schindler became a spy for the Abzer, the military intelligence service of Nazi Germany. His tasks for the Abzer included collecting information on railways, military installations and troop movements, as well as recruiting other spies within Czechoslovakia in advance of Nazi Germany's planned invasion. He was arrested by the Czech government for espionage on 18 July 1938 and immediately imprisoned. He was released as a political prisoner under the terms of the Munich Agreement, the instrument under which Czechoslovakia was annexed by Germany on 1st October. Schindler applied for membership in the Nazi party on 1st November 1938 and was accepted the following year. On 1st September 1939, Nazi Germany invaded Poland and the Second World War broke out. On 6th September, German troops entered Krakow. Oskar Schindler got his hands on a factory and they produced ammunition shells. Schindler was mostly interested in the business's money-making potential and hired Jews because they were cheaper than Poles. The wages were set by the occupying Nazi regime. In the later years, his wife Emily, who months before her death, condemned him as an amoral womanizer and someone who gave her no credit for her role in saving the 1200-odd Jewish prisoners. There was actually no list Schindler himself created because he was in an SS prison for bribing a SS guard. But the list was put together by people who worked with him. Yes, there was a list, though Schindler did not exactly create it. Oskar Schindler was more of a repentant opportunist than a savior. Towards the end of the walking tour, we passed by an unremarkable two-storied house on a street corner. It was once the home of a six-year-old Jewish boy whose parents had moved from Paris to Krakow in early 1937. He attended primary school for only a few weeks until all the Jewish children were abruptly expelled. That initiative was soon followed by the requirement that all Jewish children over the age of 12 wear white armbands with a blue star of David imprinted for visual identification. After he was expelled, he would not be allowed to enter another classroom for six years. Polanski witnessed both the ghettoization of Krakow's Jews and their subsequent deportation to German death camps. He watched as his father was taken away. Decades later, the six-year-old boy, who was by then a renowned filmmaker, was approached first to make Schindler's List. He declined, saying that he was too close to the subject matter, and he did not wish to remember his time from the Krakow ghetto. He was eventually reunited with his father, but he never saw his mother again. The renowned filmmaker was Roman Polanski, who eventually went on to make the brilliant Oscar-winning film, The Pianist. Starring Adrian Brody, it is based on the autobiographical book, The Pianist, a Holocaust memoir by the Polish-Jewish pianist and composer, Władysław Pielman. The film is set in the Warsaw Ghetto, and the opening scene of the film still haunts me. A young Spielman playing the piano for Polish radio as a completely calm Warsaw is invaded by the Nazis. He continues playing until the glass window of the studio shatters from the explosion, knocking him out. The film ends with Spielman playing the radio again after the war has ended. The fundamental difference between the two Holocaust films is that Schindler's List sees the Krakow ghetto and the Holocaust from a German gaze, privileging the perspective of the aggressor albeit a gentle saviour 
like Oscar Schindler. The pianist sees the Warsaw Ghetto and the Holocaust from the view of a Polish Jew who suffered direct consequences of the Holocaust. What unsettles me about Schindler's list is that it is made for an audience which wishes to assuage the guilt of being bystanders in the Holocaust. The pianist, much like Roman Polanski's own experience, is a victim story. The point is not about taking away from the actions of Oskar Schindler, without whom the 1200 Jews would not have survived. The point is to not create heroes out of complex people and that too in cinema that has the power to distort the perceptions of reality. One cannot privilege the gaze of the oppressor while aiming to sympathize with the victim. This brings me to the events of October 2023, as Gaza is being relentlessly bombarded by Israeli security forces. Across the world, after every instance of genocide and ethnic cleansing, the world swears never again. As a traveler, I saw this in the Auschwitz concentration camp in Poland, in the killing fields of Cambodia, in the Armenian genocide, in the Vietnam War, and in the ethnic cleansing of Bosnia. Closer home, that too only in recent memory, we have the 1984 anti-Sikh riots in Delhi, the 2002 anti-Muslim riots in Gujarat, and the 2023 violence in Manipur. But each time, as it's happening with Gaza right now, we have allowed genocide. The aggressor always has a justification, and the world willingly or unwillingly turns a blind eye. Our ability to condemn and call out genocide should not be predicated on our political and religious beliefs, but on our ability to be decent human beings. We should not need a girl in red to remind us of our humanity. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and travel 42 on Instagram. Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On all things policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On the Habit Coach Podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.